Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of his word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, experts in engaging children with the word of God. Together, we will make sure that you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Welcome back, friends, to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and this is episode 77. Well, don't you just love insider info? I know I sure do, especially when it comes to upcoming movies I can confidently watch with my whole family. Today, we get to hear from movie producer Daryl Lefevre as he chats about his own journey into the adventure of filmmaking and also highlights the themes from Jesus Revolution, a movie that Daryl describes as a captivating film topping the 2015 sports drama Woodlawn, which he also produced. Coming to theaters near you in February, this movie is based on the true story of a hippie revolution in the 70s, known as the greatest spiritual awakening in American history. Not sure where or when to view this new movie? Head on over to our show notes at BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com. Find the resource tab and click on episode 77, Jesus Revolution. You'll find a link to the trailer and viewing locations right there. While you're at it, go ahead and share this episode to help spread the word. It's super helpful. Showing start nationwide on February 24th. Don't miss it. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe to the You Can Tell the Children podcast and follow us on social media. We would love to engage with you. Hearing how God is revolutionizing your world is just as exciting as watching this new movie. Listen in to Corey and Daryl's conversation now and hear why we can have hope after watching this film. Well, hi, Daryl. It is so great to see you today. Hey, hi there, Corey. It's great to hang out. Good to see you again as well. Well, we have a fun history and how we met. You are a a movie producer, and I don't hang out with a lot of movie producers. But our listeners, I got to tell you, you went to church with my husband. You grew up and you guys went to the same church. You also went on apparently a double date together, what he told me. It wasn't with me. So he definitely (laughs) got better taste as he got older. Don't you agree? (laughs) For sure. Yeah, no, no. You and I hadn't met until much later, but uh, it was great to great to catch up and catch up with Blaine. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a really good answer. So, so far, so good in this interview. Good job. (laughs) You love the Lord. You and your wife, Cindy, we've had dinner with you guys or lunch with you guys. And very interesting. I thought our listeners had to hear about what you're doing for the kingdom. You are in the mission field of motion pictures, of movies. And it just intrigues me what you guys do. First, tell us about your family, how many kids you have, what you guys like to do together? Well, yeah, I, like I say, I grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and my wife grew up in York, so right across the river. And uh, we met on a blind date. So did we? We met oh, right. on a blind date too. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah no, we, it was. Uh, I was a kids counselor at Circle K camp, which I don't even know Circle K camp's still there. But up in uh, so lots of kids from Lancaster went to Circle K. I was a counselor there, and her cousin was there as well. And and at the end of the week, her cousin was like, "You gotta meet my cousin. You gotta meet my cousin." So yeah, so we got married back there. Thought we would live in Lancaster our lives. Had our first, uh, our, well, our son there right after he was born. He was four weeks old. And I made the decision. I was like, you know what? What I really want to do is make movies, um, even though I, I didn't really have any connection to movies or anything. 
and uh, I just decided to, to head on out. So, um, so yeah, my wife was amazing. Cindy was amazing. <laughs> With a four-year-old, she, she was willing to uh, leave the house we had just purchased in Lancaster and um, embark on this uh, crazy, crazy life. So uh, it was, that was 29 years ago. So 29 years ago, and you went to California to be a movie director, producer. What, what was your aspiration? Uh, so I always wanted, always wanted to produce and always wanted to produce content that would honor the Lord. Like that was always kind of the goal, but had to go through a lot of years of just learning the business first. So worked at all the major studios, really, uh, mostly at Warner Brothers, but did uh, work on uh, X-Men, which was a Fox movie. Uh, Mighty Joe Young, which was a Disney movie, you know, did lots and lots of movies all over and um, traveled a lot. We homeschooled our kids and took our kids literally all over the world. Uh, we were in Australia for two different movies, so eight months twice oh, in Australia. Fun. Uh, Toronto, Thailand, all over America. You know, it was really, really, really fun. And now my kids are. My daughter has two kids, so we have two grandkids, and mm. uh, and our son is married. And they actually look back very fondly on uh, all the travels we got to do and the places we got to go. And living in Australia, we talk about it all the time. You know, when we lived here, when we were in Thailand, and when we, you know, it's just mm-hmm. just really, really great. So we, yeah, it worked like it probably wouldn't work for, for a lot of people, but, uh, it was fun. It was fun. And my wife was just such a trooper, you know, she, she would literally, we would take like eight suitcases to Australia and two of them would be just full of books, you know, for school. Cause she would have to take everything along to, to keep a uh, homeschool going for, for six months, you know, or eight months. So yeah. It was a really, really great experience. Well, I didn't think of that. Yeah, there's a lot to, to do with that, but she was a great support. I look at you guys, and, and that is is a mission field, like you said, the the entertainment industry. But what made you, like, what was your thing? You had some cool movies that some of our listeners were on. Woodlawn, you did Woodlawn. You did I Can Only Imagine. More recently, you did American Underdog with the Kurt Warner story. That was really cool. You did the Polar Express, Daryl. This is very fun. Fun stuff. I mean, what is it about filmmaking you love? Which one of those did you love the most? Talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, I just love, I love project. I love, which is kind of what drew me to film in the first place. I like, I love the, the idea of taking essentially what is originally not even a script, originally just an idea, you know, it, it could be a book, you know, but still just a, a concept, even whether it's a comedy or, or, you know, a drama or whatever it is. And, and it's particularly true stories, because that's mostly what we focus on. But but even still, you know, movies like like Polar Express or Where the Wild Things Are did that one too. You know, it's just like these movies that are just really fascinating stories. And then into a script, then prepping that, finding locations. I love that part, you know, finding locations that look like the way you imagined it in the books or building locations, having a construction crew build something. And before that, the art department draws up concept art, you know, just to what, what it could look like. And then, and then you draw up plans and you build it and um, all the way to the wardrobe and makeup and hair and just, and then the lighting. I love camera work, you know, just that whole thing. And then you get into post and then it's that mu- music, which is so much fun, you know, just like picking that's, songs and, or, or score, you know, yeah. Or, or composing score, but just, even now, like on, on our most recent film, like just yesterday, we decided on the closing song for the film, you know, and it's just so great to listen to it and be able to be a part of that process and uh, speak into it and be like, this song works so well, this particular scene, you know, so there's so much about it that I love. I mean, it just brings together storytelling and visuals and music and, and you know, there's just so much about it to love. So I, I grew up loving movies, but never, ever had thought about it until, yeah, my late 20s. And all of a sudden it was like, 
let's go do this. Let's go make movies. So, <laughs> so uh, I think my parents and my in-laws thought, uh, well, you know, that'll last two years and they'll be back from California and they'll get it out of his system. And then he'll go get a real job. But uh, <laughs> it's 30 years later and still doing it. So I think they've given up on me coming back. Wow. And how do you connect your faith with this, Daryl? I mean, you're, we're all in a calling and you know, we talk to our kids about, you know, your identity in Christ and how God calls them for a purpose. What's your purpose, Daryl? What's your purpose in this? You know, I think the easiest way to answer that, I I was in Australia working on, a movie, actually working on it, the second movie I did in Australia, which never came never came out. It was, it was called Justice League. Uh, so since that, they made a different Justice League. So it was a superhero movie. And I, I just kept praying, like, Lord, when, you know, when do I get to work on stuff that honors you? Like, when do I get to work on stuff? I mean, they were, you know, they were family movies, they were clean movies, but it was just when do I get to stuff that actually honors your name? And I felt like it was the first time he had released me to, to do that, you know, to come back. And that's when, when I started working in, in faith-based film. The thing I felt like I, I really got impressed upon me was that I was to tell stories that showed the world that God is good, you know, that his nature is good, you know, because obviously there's a lot of, he gets a lot of bad rap, right? <laughs> right, know, we, right. You know, we, yes. call, we call disasters, you know, acts of God. I just really felt like that was the qualifier because he, he wanted the world to know that his heart was good. And so... um that was kind of what I embarked on. It was like, what, you know, let me be a part of stories that let the world know that God's good. So, Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. How many ways are there to get to heaven? This is a deep question while being relatively simple in its answer. Just one way, which is Jesus Christ. In John 14, 6, Jesus states, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. According to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, no amount of work we do or words we say can earn us a place with God in heaven. It is only through faith in the saving work of Jesus that we can be reconciled to God as Jesus perfectly fulfilled God's law and acted as a sacrifice on our behalf. This gift of faith is such a treasure and a blessing. Well, your latest one, which we're talking about today, is definitely an exciting movie, and it's called Jesus Revolution, and it's it's being released on February 24th. So tell me about Jesus Revolution. It intrigues me. What is this movie about? Yeah, so it's a true story. I mean, most all the films we do actually are true stories, but it's a true story of hippies, Southern California, Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, Chuck Smith, Lonnie Frisbee, uh, Greg Laurie. And uh, it's told through the eyes of Greg Laurie. This still does on, on the East Coast. I don't know if you know Greg Laurie as well, but on the West Coast, he's, uh, he does these huge harvest crusades. In fact, he just had one last weekend and uh, filled Angel Stadium in uh, Anaheim, California. So it's, it's told through his eyes, he, he and his wife. It's, it's his story. And he was a hippie, you know, aimless, you know, trying to find truth, tried it and everything, you know, drugs and, you know, just everything that was out there to, to try to explore. And then finds Jesus through this hippie movement, you know, ends up in, <laughs> hanging out with all these, all these people that uh, the rest of the world was, was ignoring, you know, or found as an annoyance, right? They were just seeking truth. So that's kind of the, one of, you know, one of the morals of the film is, you know, is that, you know, that, that, Sometimes people that we see as as outcast or annoying or why are they making those absurd decisions, you know, they're really just seeking truth. 
And um, it's still our job to love them, you know, to love them into the kingdom. That's so true. And it's hard because you you do automatic. I do it myself. I automatically judge people by their, whether they look, you know, right. oh, they should get a haircut or, you know, <laughs> that I think that that was in the film or why they look like that. But this, this movie really hits on that, that, you know, it's about the heart it's ev- and everybody has a basic need for seeking Jesus. Um, I don't care how, what your age is or what coast you're on or anything like that. But there is somewhat to some your cast, the people who, in this movie, yeah, great cast. I yeah, mean, yeah. one of them very recognizable is the people may notice is the, is the man who plays Jesus. Am I right? The uh, from the Chosen series. Yeah, Jonathan Rumi. Yeah, and Jonathan is people ask you all the time because they see him as Jesus, right? And, and right. It is, funny like you know i mean he gets recognized everywhere as jesus just walking down the street because the chosen is such a popular series right and so they're always wondering like is he really that kind like is he really that nice of a guy and all that and the answer is yes like he's mm. he's just stunningly kind person like he the fact that he got cast in this role is uh, perfect i mean you know he um very, not only kind but very gentle you know you think of jesus with the lamb and, and the children and you know and all that you know and let the little children come to me and all that and it's like that's just who jonathan is really just love love working with him hope we get to do it again just a very sweet person who else is in the movie uh so the other really recognizable person is uh, kelsey Grammer. so kelsey you know fraser mm-hmm. crane for years for like 19 years he was fraser crane on yes TV. and he was really really kind too like really great guy and and you know he's older he's, he's not a young man anymore and film sets are tough you know i mean the between the weather and the cold and the night and work until 4 a.m and all that kind of stuff he's just a, a professional and a, and a trooper he felt called to do this and i think that I feel that, you know, God was definitely drawing him. To, and he would admit that too, that he felt like God was was drawing him to this film. I think he's seeking, you know, where, where he's at and all that. But yeah, he definitely admitted, you know, that he really felt like this was something that that he was he was called to do. That sounds so special, the, yeah. the ensemble you have there with Jesus Revolution. But one of the things interesting to me about this film is, and this is way back when I was very young when this was happening, but it was in 1969 and there was, you know, division in the country. Sound familiar? (laughs) I mean, you know, paint the scene for us in history and why this story is so compelling. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in that. I mean, I was obviously 1969, I was two years old. So (laughs) same way as I was a little kid, but I, but I do remember it. I, I remember it as kind of when Christian music started. I kind of feel about it that way. The church that I went to was not very appreciative of that kind of music when it first started coming out. It was, uh, you know, anything that had drums or anything that, had, you know, even Amy Grant was like, oh my goodness, you know, what is this stuff? And, you know, why, why can't you just listen to him? Why are you listen to this stuff? I think about it a lot in those terms too. There was just such, everything was uh, was judged and, and decisions and, and, you know, before really looking at the heart of it and looking at the heart of people. And I think there's there's definitely a lot of that now. You know, we get, we've even asked ourselves the question, who are the hippies of today? We don't really think about mm. hippies anymore. I mean, it's not really a term that anybody would use to describe. I mean, maybe they would, but, you know, you might say granola yeah, well, or something, whatever. But, how but, yeah. would you, I would say, how would you define that? Since you did a whole movie about this, how, how would you define hippie for those of us very young listeners who don't, don't know what hippies are? <laughs> yeah, know what a hippie is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's anybody that you wouldn't, judging, especially judging from the way they look, mm-hmm. that you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect them to be welcomed. At church because they didn't wear shoes and right. they, yeah, yeah. yeah they no, like yeah. They you know they're shoes, getting mud, the hair, you know, <laughs> right long hair the clothes you know everything 
I think there's a lot of people that today, whether it's, uh, you know, gender issues or whether it's even just liberal versus conservative or whatever labels you want to put on people that might not feel welcomed, even if they are welcome, they still might not feel welcome. Or in some settings, they probably aren't welcome. And uh, I think that's kind of the, the reminder of all this, you know, is it for God to love the world, right? So, yeah. yeah. Well, and the, the thing that is, it's, we always forget too that we're not the only generation right now in the present day that has struggles like this. It, it right. repeats over time. You know, that's why we read the Bible because, oh my gosh, they had that sin back then. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Hey, we said, cause it's human. We're, we're all human and you know, judging people definitely has been from the outside is, is definitely something that has been documented through the years, especially in, in the Bible. But I love how you're shining a light on that. I love how you're, you know, talking about just getting to the real thing of who is Jesus and what does it mean to be like Jesus and how the Je- Jesus Revolution story kind of shows that. Am I right about that? Yeah, I think the, the other big part of the story is, you know, that Chuck Smith, the, the, the Calvary Chapel pastor, you know, that kind of was the guy that welcomed all these people in. He's certainly not perfect either, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, he has his issues and, and, and Lonnie was definitely not perfect. And yet God used these people, even in their brokenness, you know, God used them. So I, I think that that's another big theme of the film as well. We can count ourselves out or, well, someday maybe I'll be cleaned up enough, right, to be used by God or whatever that means. God uses <laughs> whomever he wants. <laughs> well, he certainly does. And, so. and it's funny because at Bible to school, as you know, we, we teach the Bible to public school children. We teach them that they're fearfully and wonderfully made, that they're uniquely created by God and for God, and he has a plan and a purpose for their lives. Do you think this message is woven through your film so that, you know, just anybody, even people who don't even believe in Jesus can understand that? I think so, yeah. I mean, the, the, the fascinating thing for me that there's always been debate about what's, you know, what's a Christian film or what makes it, what, what, what has to be in a film in order for it to be a Christian film or whatever. And, and at some level, a Christian film is a Christian film because you said that it's a Christian film. <laughs> it's like, it's almost like uh, you've decided that it has certain values in it and you're marketing it to a certain group of people and, and, and all that. But the thing it's to me, that's especially unique about this film is that there's such a clear gospel presentation in it. And yet at the same time, it's great storytelling and it's so organic and the film looks amazing. I mean, it, it just looks, talk about look like a real movie. I mean, it's just such a, an amazing film. And it's beautiful. It's on the, you know, on the beaches shot in Southern California at Pirate's Cove, which was the real place where all these baptisms took place that I didn't think we could film at. So you got to go down a big cliff to get to it. It's kind of scary to even go there. <laughs> but we did. And, um, you know, in the water and, you know, the sun setting behind on the sparkling water of the Pacific Ocean. I mean, it's just stunning. Like, it's so beautiful. And in that setting, to present the gospel in such a, a well-portrayed and just organic way to me, it's, it's really beautiful, you know, more so than any of our films. I mean, I, to me, prior to this, for our films anyway, for like Kingdom Story Company films with the Irwin Brothers and Kevin Downs, like I thought Woodlawn was kind of the high watermark. Like I, I just really, really loved that film. Thought that it was, was a so great well film. Yeah. And, and just you know, really, really solid film. And this one is like, okay, we've, We've topped it. Like, like cool. Jesus religion is, is is better than Woodlawn. It's um, it's just so well done and looks so great, and the story is just captivating. So, yeah. What do you want people to feel, or what do you hope they feel as they leave the theaters following this movie? I think hope. I think hope for our nation, hope for the next generation, 
yeah, I think to sum it up, it's that, you know, it's really to, um, it's easy to become discouraged. Yes. It's very easy to be discouraged right now. So many things going on that you can feel powerless about, and yet there's power in the gospel. And ultimately it is, it is what people and are, you know, are, as a people group, our nation needs, right? Yes. So it's really our, our kind of our only hope. <laughs> right. It is. So, uh, so yeah, no, I think that's it. I think, I think hope. Well, I love that it's centered all around the gospel and you got a gospel message in it. I love it's real people with real struggles. Um, I love that it is, uh, like I said, a story from the past that we can actually apply to right now with us as well as humans. But you said about hope. If you could encourage our audience with like one scripture verse or a theme that God has laid in your heart this year, Daryl, what would it be? Uh, Yeah, the one that that comes to mind is Isaiah 55. For, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Uh, for the heavens are higher than your earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Then my thoughts than your thoughts. And um, but the, the next part is, the part that really sticks with me is, is, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. And I just feel like all of us have, have words that have been spoken over us, right? And some of us are still waiting, you know? God says it definitely as a finality to that, like like a meaning um, assuredness, I should say. You know, it's like, he, he doesn't say like, well, I might, or, you know, well, yes. if I have time, or if I get around to it, he's like, he's he's like do it, it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and it shall succeed for the thing for which I sent it. So even for your ministry, it's like for Bible to school, it's like, I'm sure God's given you visions and, and words for how far it's going to go and how many schools are going to be affected and how many states are going to be in, you know, all that. And you're like, all okay, of them, Daryl, all yeah, of exactly, them. Okay. Exactly. All, 50, gotten, right? all of them, but you're, you're yeah. going through movie theaters. So I love it. You're right, getting right. there faster. God. <laughs> so tell us where can we learn about this movie? When does it come out? Tell us more. How can we get more information? Sure. So you can watch the trailer. You can watch the trailer anywhere. I mean, Apple trailers, YouTube, whatever. And it comes out February 24th. Jesus Revolution. I'm so excited to see it, Daryl. I can't wait. And uh, so take everybody needs to put it on their calendar and take their family to see it. We're running out of time here. But yeah. would you mind please closing us in prayer? Yeah, sure. Father, I thank you. Thank you what you're doing in our nation. Thank you, Lord, that you that you are given to bring us hope, Lord that you do have hope. You have hope for America. You have hope for our communities, for our states. And Father, I ask that you would really just be a light to our path as the ways that we can bring your word to our communities. And, and Lord, I ask for just your blessing on Bible to School, Lord. I ask, Lord, that you would bring financial donors and bring uh, workers spread to, to more schools and more states, Lord, uh, just to get your word into the, the hearts and into the minds of young people around our nation. In your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. So who is ready to get their tickets? How cool is it that we get to see a reproduction of the greatest spiritual awakening in American history, taking place right off the shores of California? I can't wait to see this motion film. So while it's easy to become discouraged and feel powerless in today's culture, Daryl reminds us there is supernatural power in the gospel. Do you wanna feel hope for the next generation, for our nation? I just love that these are the feelings Jesus Revolution will stir up within us. And scripture tells us, hope does not disappoint. To be sure you don't miss Jesus Revolution in theaters, head over to our show notes at bibletoschool.com. That's bible, the number two, school.com. And click on the resources tab. 
This will take you to the podcast where you'll select episode 77. From there, you can view the trailer, find theater locations, and tickets. Speaking of revolution, join us in our mission to help reach your local public school with the message of Jesus. Let's get your school on fire for the Lord. Go to our website, Bible2School.com, and fill out our Contact Us form. We will reach out to you to get this discussion started. Finally, circle back here next week to learn about another nationwide program called Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And until then, stay warm, friends. And remember, you can start a revolution by telling the children in your life about Jesus.